Hello and welcome to Permanently Resident, a podcast about the ups and downs of living abroad. My name is Robin, I'm from Brighton, England, and I'm living in San Leandro, California. Hey, I'm Jose, I'm living in Tokyo, Japan, and I'm from Simi Valley, California. So, uh, this is episode number 23. Today we're talking about things we'd miss if we left where we live. Mm. So, uh, Jose, why don't you kick us off? What's uh, number one on your list? Um, you know, something I've grown to love is uh, the Japanese hot springs, uh, known as onsen. I think that's something I definitely would miss. Um, it's just very relaxing. I uh, spend a couple hours in the onsen, in the hot spring. Then you move to a relaxed room. And they usually have like a restaurant there and you just drink some beer, you feel all fresh. I just, I like that culture. It's a very Japanese specific culture. I don't think, uh, you know, anywhere in the world it's exactly like that. And it's definitely something I would miss. So how does that work though? Because most of those places are divided by between men and women, right? So if you want to go with a kari, like you can't really like go together, right? You get there and then you have to go into separate areas. Yeah, unless you're watching a Japanese adult video, they are usually divided <laughs> by, by men and women. I, I, I've never seen one of those, so I can't comment. Understood, understood. Um, so yeah, basically you go in there, you pay up front. Oh, no, you don't pay up front. Sorry. You go in there. Then the first thing you would do is go to the actual, you know, locker room. And the locker rooms are separated men and women. And, <laughs> yeah, then you would change, you know, you would you would get undressed. And then you go to your, your also separate locker room and separate uh, hot spring area for men and women. So it's women only in one side, men only in one side. I heard there are, like, co-ed onsens. But um, I think you have to keep your clothes on, perhaps, and then kind of or partially be clothed when you like a swimsuit type of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, but in general, I think the vast majority of onsens are, are not co-ed and they're uh, definitely separated by a uh, by binary gender since uh, Japan is still at that stage. <laughs> yeah. Understood. So what I mean, it seemed to suggest that you didn't you weren't really that into it and you've you've uh, come to love it or you've come to really enjoy it so what did yeah. something change or did you go with someone on a particular time and it was really great or what happened um yeah i mean it's just very common I, I i like more active things i like sporting events i like i don't know going out in you know a lively atmosphere but uh onsen is very calm experience right it's quiet uh so so from that perspective in the beginning I just, I'm not the person who enjoys the quiet or the calmness so much, but uh, yeah, we all need it, I think, in our lives to uh, definitely take a step back, think a little bit internally, and uh, enjoy some quiet. So um, I think that's one of the things that I've grown to enjoy about it. I can be by myself at peace for like an hour. Um, and the other point is uh, you always feel fresh after the onsen, right? 
it's uh mm, feel recharged i think is is the correct word i don't i don't know i've never been but uh, i know that another part of that that uh, megumi always gets excited about is um when she sees it on youtube or or a photo or something is the uh real can is that the name of that uh, the um, traditional japanese inn that often is either next to or part of the onsen sure there's different onsens though there's onsen specific places where you don't sleep over there are uh ryokans traditional japanese inns uh that have maybe a little hot spring in there and then there are huge luxury hotels which have an onsen connected to them so there's there's different kinds of uh hot spring areas right as far as the ryokan it's, i think it's a pretty traditional experience you can uh you have to sleep on tatami, I think, uh, floor. And uh, you'll get like a home-cooked breakfast by whoever's running the inn. Um, usually it's a very old, antique-looking type of establishment. So, yeah, I think I think those places are, uh, are a good experience, especially for travelers, uh, the ryokan. All right, I've, I've got to try it out. Um... So let me uh, let me share let me share my I don't know if this is not my number one exactly but the first one is uh, In and Out Burger <laughs> and I know that <laughs> animal style uh, I think, uh, of course of course animal style animal style um, so I mean I guess to explain a little bit for those people who haven't been to In and Out um, you know In In and Out is a burger chain restaurant in the west and southwest of the united states um and it's famous for having like very fresh ingredients and a very very limited menu right yeah Uh, and having animal style which is extra sauce and grilled onions i remember um so I'm, i remember actually it's one of the first things that i did with you when i was in california yeah it's a good good memory in and out burger uh not in japan not in tokyo unfortunately uh wait, waiting for that day that glorious day when it arrives so uh, to get my animal style double double cheeseburger right double cheeseburger animal style set <laughs> and the fries i like the fries they taste like a natural well, yeah, I mean that's one of the things, right? It's uh, fresh ingredients. I I read the other week that they'd opened a new location in uh, Colorado or something, and people the line people lining up for nine hours to get uh, to get burgers over there. I see. They they have one here called Shake Shack. I think it's like a East Coast type of In and Out place. Have you heard of Shake Shack? Yeah, I've been to Shake Shack. I mean, I don't I don't know if In and Outs the best cheeseburger or the best burger place ever but i feel like the price compared to the quality is yes is is unbeatable so yeah you can go to shake shack and spend i don't know how much it is nine dollars for a burger or you can go in and out and pay three dollars for a burger so shake shack yeah nine dollars for a burger five dollars for fries and five dollars for a shake that's right when it comes out exactly and then you come out and there's two people and it's 30 or 35 dollars and you think wow whereas you know i'll go i'll go with megumi and it'll be ten dollars or twelve dollars you know so it's just yeah yeah you know it's 
you know, once you start spending 30, 40, 50 dollars on a meal, you think, oh shit, okay, I'm spending too much money. If I'm spending 50 dollars on a hamburgers, I better have some wagyu beef in there, <laughs> otherwise, I'm done with it. But uh, no, In and Out definitely better than Shake Shack. I'm not a fan of Shake Shack at all, definitely. All right, well, next, uh, next time you're here, we'll go to In and Out together. I'll get you the uh, uh, double double set on. Double double set. Okay, I'll take two double doubles and set. Right. So, what, what's your what's your number two on your list then of uh, things that you'd miss if you left Japan? Um, well, we talked about a couple, right? I think w- one of them was uh, how people are a bit. Uh, people don't strive to be politically correct in Japan. People, I mean, they're people are polite. They're not trying to offend you, but they're not exactly. Yeah. You're not exactly walking on eggshells about you know certain things so i appreciate that point about japan i think in america depending where you go it'd be quite different right um i mean some places i assume are probably even less politically correct than tokyo but i mean especially where you're from or where i live you have to be you have to be conscious of that and you have to be thinking of that um otherwise you're going to get in trouble very quickly at least profession professionally and and personally too i mean like i don't know i have like a co-worker or something be like, oh jose you you're you're latino you like spicy food right and i'll be like yeah i do actually i love spicy food like um you know i don't know if it's because i'm latino or not but i I like spicy food and i don't know in japan i don't i'm not like you know what that's a microaggression stereotype you need to not have assumptions about people basically no i'm trying to talk about that bullshit (laughs) so well i mean a little bit of a tangent but then yeah in terms of being pc where's the line for you like where does it come become unacceptable uh if the purpose of your conversation is seeking to offend or based on some some form of discrimination i guess that would probably be the line but uh so simple so then for you simple ignorance that's okay yeah it's fine i mean i would just turn it into a joke like do you, i'd be like do you think all latinos like spicy food uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, definitely, you know, there's some truth in stereotypes, though, right? To, to turn a blind eye to it is, uh, is uh, you know, you're living in a fantasy world, I guess. Like, hey, Japanese people like rice. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I walk around. Well, and- I, I can confirm for our audience that English people are pasty. So uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, yeah. Yeah, just if you're seeking to offend or, you know, be rude, then definitely that's that's not cool. But if you're just being you're just a little ignorant, it happens, you know. Um, uh, what do you think about that, though? That, you know, maybe America's more of an open society. Do you not think that those kind of things can contribute towards kind of discrimination and people feeling like outsiders when they're in in japan you know i mean japan's a very homogenous society it's not very accepting of outsiders yeah does do those kind of little jokes not kind of reinforce that and make it more difficult for outsiders to integrate 
Um, yeah, my experience is, uh, as you said, uh, Japanese people are homogenous. It's like 96% Japanese people in Japan. Yes. So it's not a matter of, it's just a matter of experience, right? The more you, ex you experience with people of different cultures, the more you, you develop deeper understandings, right? But sometimes to gain experience, you have to, you have to fail or you have to make mistakes. If you, if you are so worried to make a mistake or to misunderstand something that it prevents you from asking questions or opening your mouth or having conversations, then at that point, like, that's when I kind of, uh, you know, go against what political correctness means, because then people's, I don't know, their, their thought process aren't really growing anymore. They're not really understanding people. Rather, they're just working to not offend. And that's a whole different type of game, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think what i see in the bay area especially is not the, the i don't know if i'd say that political correctness is wrong exactly but it just seems like mm. almost like ignoring the reality of what's happening in most of the united states um yeah. which is you know and most of the stuff uh, that's happening elsewhere in terms of discrimination i disagree with but i just it's like, like just closing your eyes to that doesn't really get you anywhere yeah yeah like my one of my coworkers, we're, we're walking outside and he's like oh it's fucking cold i'm like it's not that cold man and he's like oh no it's so fucking cold i'm like no it's it's like it's a little cold but it's, it's not like canada or something and he's all bro i'm from africa you don't understand this is cold <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah i don't know how americans like talk to each other but you know that kind of stuff for me is just fun. We're just enjoying each other's different cultures and we're different, man. We're just different. And um, we got to respect each other and experience each other's cultures, but we can't be, you know, petrified of offending people because then nothing's going to ever truly change, you know? Then those real deep, yeah. meaningful understanding between people of different cultures, religions, and all that stuff. But anyway, that's too deep for this podcast. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Anyway, I th I think it's interesting because the number two number two point I've got down here is it's kind of related to that. Okay. Uh, in fact, it is related to that. Um, so I think one thing I enjoy about being here is this kind of freedom, mm -hmm. and more specifically, a kind of freedom from judgment. And I, I guess it's it's a bit of a cliche, I'd say, but um, yeah. I feel like people people are hesitant to criticize anything here mm. uh, and that allows a space for people to just act pretty much however they want right so yeah you know if i decided that tomorrow not tomorrow because it's sunday but on monday if i wanted to wear a purple suit to go to work Probably nobody would nobody would say anything, you know. I people people just wouldn't comment because they just, you know, it's acting in a different way or you know showing a different culture, a different attitude is just so normalised as a part of everyday life that mm -hmm. people uh, immune to that for one, and then they don't feel comfortable commenting even if they think it's strange anyway. So I just feel like that allows people to express who they are and be who they are. 
uh, whether that's how they want to look or how they want to act or the kind of lifestyle that they want to to uh, have and you know you really find everything here and I think you know leaving that to go almost anywhere else I'd I think I'd miss that and I, I wouldn't appreciate the uh, you know judgmental comments about almost you know you know wherever the other places i've lived you know people always making judgmental comments about how people look their weight what they're wearing uh you know where they went to where they went to school what mm. job they have what zip code they live in mm. um and here i just i just don't really see that that much and of course mm. there are other kinds of negative things going on like mm. racism amongst other things but terms of expressing your personality like mm. possibilities are almost endless robin you step out in a purple suit either i'm thinking it's halloween and you're the joker or he started pimping one or, one or the other <laughs> so yeah, i don't know about all that but uh i think i think you make good sense of, um yeah definitely we don't want to be judgmental towards people uh but also we don't want to walk on eggshells they're they're finding that balance is key and uh that's that's a challenge in life and that's the way it is. That's just why I think you can't make regulations and policies for all that stuff because we just find our way. I think we just fi find our own way in life, how to, how to find that balance. Uh, one thing you did mention though, was like, you know, when I was growing up, my mom would be like, oh man, you're, you're getting a little chubby. So, <laughs> but I think it's kind of good because you know what, you don't want to be too unhealthy. Like, sometimes you need people to like call you out on your stuff even if it's you don't feel good about it you know but it's reality right like hey you get too chubby yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna have a heart attack or something right <laughs> like you know well I, of I, course of course it cuts both ways right i mean yeah. in a certain way you want you want the people around you and you want society to hold you accountable yeah um but then you know, as you said, finding that balance is difficult, you know, yeah. and some, you know, people making negative comments about how you look or your weight or, you know, your income or whatever it might be, that doesn't feel good. And, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes that can lead to positive changes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, it's tough, tough love or the, the hard truths, right? I mean, we can't avoid it. Sometimes we, we need it, but uh, yeah, definitely we don't need to be judge 24 7 it goes along with that balance right um yeah okay. so so what's your what's your number three point then uh what i would miss if i left japan i love people are punctual people are punctual people are on time uh the trains are on time uh you know my my food comes quick not like peru when i order order some lomo saltado and i'm in the restaurant and it comes like an hour later. Like, I don't know what happened, but uh, in Japan, things are generally running smooth and predictably on time. Uh, yeah, I don't like people showing up 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late, that kind of thing. How do you survive when you go to Peru? Peru, oh, Peru was such a struggle. My dad would say like, okay, we're going out to lunch. Let's meet down by the car at 12. Okay, so me and a car are down at 12. And then my dad and my sisters roll up like at 10.37 or 12.37, like 37 minutes later. It's like, what? So it's 
Peruvian time is is a whole nother beast. I know American time isn't that bad. Maybe American time 10 minutes late or something. But Peruvian time was, you have to just let go of any any expectations of people being on time or, or you'll be frustrated. You'll just be frustrated. I remember, yeah, I mean, when I, when I first went to Mexico, I found that very frustrating, but then I just, uh, yeah. learned to take a learn to take a book with me wherever I went and then uh, I knew people were gonna lay, be late and then I just read my book until they arrived and uh, and that was that yes uh, it cuts both ways though because if you're late you know you feel really bad like there's no rolling in the work late in Japan by two minutes you know if, if you're late by two minutes you gotta tell your boss and tell him why and apologize right it is. What I don't it is. know. Do you? Yeah. I mean, your boss, your boss isn't Japanese, right? You still have to do that. Hey, let's just say I haven't been working at my new job long, just a few months. Yeah. I've never been late. I, I don't know. Is that normal mm. in America? I've never been late, you know? And I'm usually, uh, I'm usually 10 minutes early. Not, and I consider that to be like, mm, not early. That's just borderline standard, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people here expect you to be on time as well. I mean, I think there's some flexibility, maybe more than Japan, but uh, people expect you to be punctual. And, you know, I mean, that's ingrained in me because just because in British culture, that's very important too. Maybe less so than Japan, but it's still very important. I see, I see. Um, so yeah, I mean, in the, I've been, I've been in, in my job for almost a year now and I've only been late one time. And, uh, why were you late? Traffic. Traffic or hangover? Or both? Uh, that time was that time was traffic, yeah. Okay. okay. Traffic. I guess, yeah, that's that's kind of uncontrollable circumstance, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I still felt stressed about it, but, you know, sometimes that happens. And if it's once a year, then that's not a big, that's not a big deal. Yeah, super reliable. That's good. That's good. All right. Um, how about you? Any... Any other ones? Well, I think maybe this is more regionally specific, but especially here, and I think maybe this could apply to the whole of the West of the United States. Okay. I think it's just the, there's so much nature and nature so easily accessible, mm. um, which is really nice. I mean, I don't always take advantage of it, but yeah. It's just, it's just right there, you know. I mean, from from where from where I live, I can drive ten minutes and be at a hiking trail, you know, and drive fifteen minutes and be at at the lake. Um, I can drive ten minutes and be there by the San Francisco Bay, um, you know, and it's beautiful. Just even driving to work across the, when I drive across the bridge, or I drive. Uh, go up north and drive right by, uh, you know, right by the bay and um, see the Golden Gate Bridge, see San Francisco, see Alcatraz Island, Angel Island, uh, you know, Marin County. You know, it's beautiful and it's it's right there. And uh, you know, I think, especially in other er urban areas I've lived, you know. You've got to make much more of an effort to get to, to natural places than you do here, so that's that's very nice. Yes, 
uh, I totally agree with you because I, I miss that right now. I miss access to nature. I miss access to open spaces. I miss the freedom to just, uh, I don't know, use the space for whatever I want, whether it's we're going to play soccer here, we're going to throw around the football, we're going to just set up and do a barbecue. Like, try doing that, those kinds of things in Tokyo. It's, you know, it's borderline impossible, right? Um, there's just not that many big spaces in the, in the city, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. being originally from California, that is something I always took for granted. But man, you, you have access to a lot of a lot of great nature there, for sure. Yeah, so that's the, those those are three things I think uh, I'd miss. I don't know. I uh, before before we started recording, I think you mentioned that there are far more things that you you miss about California than you think you would miss about being in Japan. Do you think that's just proximity to where you are now and that might change if you left? Or do you think really is that there's more positive points about living in California than living in Japan? I think it's just always difficult to, uh, to truly miss things until you're gone. So because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here, it's, it's hard to understand what I would miss. Um, you know, uh, probably at little things like, oh, the train is really run, runs on time. I don't need to like worry about driving and parking, you know. But then when I came to Japan, it was the flip side. Like, oh, I miss the freedom to have my own car and go where I want. So it's, it's mm -hmm. always, it depends which, where you're going and where you've come from, kind of, um, I think. But in general, the things I miss are not really the people. Uh, I'm, I like, you know, the people here I'm really enjoying. I think the things I miss are just access and uh, some some foods that I'm really used to and uh, sporting events and, and those kinds of things, I think, more, more than uh, the actual people. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's difficult to see, to have that perspective, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I... <sighs> I don't know, I'm trying to think back to, you know, I was in California and then I left, right? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely enjoy living here, but I don't remember being that excited about the prospects of moving back. Mm. Um, Let's see. And, you know, that was that was a complicated situation, but... Uh, Whoa. <laughs> well, oh, we can get into that another time. When's that podcast coming up? I need some beer for that podcast. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if that one's ever coming, but uh, we'll see. Mm. Anyway, on that note, I um, just wanted to say that, you know, thanks, thank you to our uh, loyal listeners uh, for bearing with us uh, in a time of uh, low output. Um, so hopefully we'll have a few more episodes coming up in uh, early 2021. Uh, so thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for listening today. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. See you next time. We're uh, top top 200 in Japan uh, life and travel podcast. <laughs> Check us out. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye.